All right. Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Alliance Network's What Can We Do? I'm Haley Heathman. And um, well, you might notice something different today. Um, I don't have a guest with me. Yeah. So um, I'm trying something different today uh, because um, I'm recording a solo episode. Um, Look, you know, as much as I would like to have a guest, as much as I would like to uh, record podcasts, every week or what have you. Um, it's just unfortunately not in the cards for me. I just have, I just have too much on my plate. So, um, you know, it's a lot of work to book your own guests and, you know, do your own editing and do it all by yourself, which is, that's what I am. I'm just a a one woman operation. And, um, I have a a day job, one that pays the bills. It's not a work. It's not, it's not a desk job. So I'm a dog trainer. So I'm not sitting at my desk where I can kind of casually, you know, get some of this stuff done, goof off at work and everything. So when I'm out and about, I'm out and about. Um, and I can't do some of these other tasks cause I don't sit at a computer all day long. So, um, you know, and then of course I'm a mother and, you know, to a toddler and, you know, toddlers take up a lot of time and energy. So, um, you know, it's gotten a little bit better cause my daughter's four years old, but, um, you know, she still requires a lot of time and attention and that's great. You know, I'm want to be a, a dedicated, attentive mother. So, you know, choices, trade-offs have to be made. So, as much as I would love to be like a full-time podcaster and cranking out content like on a weekly basis or, you know, daily basis, even, um, I just have to be realistic with myself and my time constraints. So my compromise, and I'm going to try, I'm going to try, um, is to see if maybe I can start like on the weeks that I don't have a, um, interview guest booked, um, that I can at least try and record a solo cast. Um, just, you know, probably going to be a little bit shorter. It's not going to be a full hour, um, maybe 20 to 30 minutes or so of, um, just me talking about whatever, whatever I fancy talking about that day. Um, you know, going to be fly by the cuff, fly by the cuff, uh, the seat of my pants, um, you know, throw caution to the wind and just, uh, let's let her rip. So that's kind of what I'm doing today. Uh, we'll see how it goes. And I would love your feedback at the end too, to (laughs) tell me what you think of my solo cast episode. Um, you know, it's probably going to evolve to, um, you know, as I adjust and as I get feedback, I mean, there might be some evolving about how I go about, um, you know, handling these solo casts, but we'll just start, you know, no, no time like the present, right? So here I am uh, by myself for your listening pleasure or viewing pleasure. If you're watching this on my rumble channel. Um, so one of the big news stories, and I thought, well, this is a perfect, um, perfect topic for my first solo cast because it is, um, I'm recording this on Sunday, uh, January 21st, 2024. And the big news is that Ron DeSantis has just dropped out of the presidential race and has endorsed Donald Trump. Um, Not altogether uh, shocking or uh, something we weren't expecting, I guess, unexpected. Um, There are rumors already because he had canceled some media appearances this morning on like CNN and Fox News. And then they were trying to scramble. Then people on his team were like, no, no, it was just scheduling conflicts. I thought, okay. And and I don't know. I think somebody from his team, like his press secretary, even mentioned, you know, we're going to go through uh, South Carolina until Nikki Haley loses in her own state. 
and then, you know, base our decision on that. And then literally like an hour, maybe two hours later, um, you see a pre-recorded video uh, with Ron DeSantis where he um, makes a short speech, um, essentially dropping out of the race. And as usual, um, I thought it was very classy. Um, He... uh, (laughs) I like that he did get a couple of pot shots in though. I mean, he did kind of take a, take a moment or two to still highlight uh, the differences between he and Donald Trump, you know, claiming, well, I didn't, I didn't support Fauci and I didn't um, elevate him, you know, and put him at front and center for our pandemic response. And, um, you know, he ran on his record. He's not running from his record. He ran on his record. But what I particularly enjoyed was how he made sure to get uh, a pot shot in at Nikki Haley before she before he um, dropped out saying, you know, I think this is why he endorsed Donald Trump. He goes, you know, look, we have our differences, but we can't go back to the party that we once were, you know, by the, you know, uh, filled up with the neocons and the corporatists and beholden to corporate donors. And that's basically what Nikki Haley is. She's just a puppet head, a figurehead. You know, she might as well be like one of those um, race car drivers with their um, sponsors, you know, the patches sewn onto her, onto their, you know, uh, overalls and everything. Cause that's all Nikki Haley is. There's no there, there, um, you know, and so look, I've been lukewarm on Donald Trump. Um, that's just my thought. And, and, you know, if, if, if it would have gone to the primary here in the primary, I probably would have either voted for Ron DeSantis or Vivek Ramaswamy. I loved what Vivek was saying. I mean, he was, he was doing what I wish Ron DeSantis would have done. So, you know, everybody talks about all these media pundits and everything. Um, talk about, I mean, across the board, what a terrible campaign Ron DeSantis ran. Like, they can't believe how awful his campaign was. I mean, I don't know how much that's just media bluster for these people who were uh, in the tank for Trump from the beginning and just trying to astroturf us and, you know, believing that he's running some sort of terrible campaign. Um, I mean, that said, was there room for improvement? Absolutely. And I think where it was shown the most was contrasting Ron DeSantis to Vivek Ramaswamy, who he came out and man, talk about pulling no punches and moving the Overton window um, in a way that Ron DeSantis didn't. I think that that was a masterclass in how you get attention. And what also Vivek did is he, he was very smart and probably, you know, and, and he, he, it was very savvy. He, his political strategy. And I guess, I I mean, it's kind of weird to talk about like a talented politician. Like, what does that even mean? I, I still probably couldn't define it for you, but I could point to Vivek as what I would consider a talented I don't know if a politician, because obviously he's not elected in any capacity right now, but he ran one of the smartest campaigns I think I've ever seen, at least in recent memory. I mean, um, you know, from a, a strategy standpoint, like, look, he's clearly the underdog cam- you know, candidate. How does an underdog with not much name recognition go out there and differentiate himself from the rest of the pack, especially when you have Goliath in the room, in the ring with you. Um, you know, Donald Trump who just sucks the air out of the, every room he's in. 
how do you go about making a name for yourself? Well, you know, I don't know how far back his strategy um, goes, you know, I mean, he obviously wrote a couple books. He wrote Woke Inc. I think he wrote another one. I can't remember off the top of my head and I haven't read his books, although I've heard interviews with him before he was running for president um, talking about his books. And, you know, I've always agreed with the premise and I'm glad to see that somebody's writing, writing about it. And he's a smart voice and he has, um, you know, the credentials to back it up. And he knows what's going on, talks about ESG and, you know, had a lot of smart solutions um, for how to handle that, you know, running like different ETFs and um, anti-ESG ETFs and mutual funds and kind of we need to counteract um, the big, you know, the big players like BlackRock and Vanguard um, with our own money kind of, you know, fight power with power. so I don't know how far back his strategy was like if that if writing those books was like in his mind the first step like because you know it, anybody who wants to run for president I don't know why you just you have to have a book so it's <laughs> I, I I don't know why that is but it seems like oh anybody who wants to run for president they rush out a book in advance of their campaign so maybe that was part of it or maybe it wasn't but then when he when he finally got in the ring he was very smart about you know. Um, media. So he went on to every, I mean, as far as I know, but basically every media outlet he could find, including podcasts, big and small, um, including hostile media, you know, like going on with like, I think Charlemagne the God and CNN and some of these other like, you know, types of media that probably weren't very, um, sympathetic to him and his, his views. And I tell you what, the way that he handled each of those interviews, especially the ones where, you know, they were trying to give him uh, a hearing. Maybe they weren't outwardly hostile, but obviously it wasn't a warm welcome. Um, I mean, it was just, I, I mean, a talented orator. And this is where people draw the comparisons to Barack Obama. And that's why they say, oh, we don't trust Vivek because you know, like, yeah, Barack Obama was a talented orator. But the difference is, is that is that Vivek can talk off the cuff. I mean, Barack Obama needed the teleprompter. And sure, he could read the, the words off the teleprompter. Uh, me talk pretty. Yeah. So he talks pretty when he's reading the words off the teleprompter. But, you know, um, how much of that um, carries on for, you know, extemporaneous speaking? You know, I'm not sure, probably still above average, but I don't think he's anywhere near where Vivek is. And so um, Vivek handled, so he was on like multiple podcasts that I listen to regularly, like Tom Woods, Dave Smith, part of the problem, Um, you know, uh, Liberty Lockdown. I think he was on that, you know, Uh, he did all sorts of new media, um, you know, trying to get his name out there. And that's something I wish Ron DeSantis would have done. So when you talk about like the flaws of what happened with Ron DeSantis's campaign, I think that was one of them was like, he only stuck to big media. He only stuck to big accounts. He only stuck to favorable media. You know, the ones that he knew were more or less on his side, the Fox news, the Glenn Beck, the, uh, Michael Knowles, the, you know, whatever, some of these other, um, you know, organizations that were already, 
you know, conservatives and, and um, kind of the echo chamber, you know, he, he, so, and maybe he had the name recognition to do so. Maybe he didn't feel like he had to, but this is again, where, you know, Vivek, he, he knew he could size up the competition. He knew where his weaknesses were. And in order to get around that, um, he, you know, did, had this really uh, expert media strategy that he executed just flawlessly. Um, the other side that I really admired Vivek um, for was, again, how he handled the media and not just like official interviews, but doing like press conferences and stuff. I mean, at the end, some of those clips, like when he was campaigning in Iowa and elsewhere of like the press reporters asking him questions and he would just throw it back in their face. And, you know, he tried to hold them to account. Well, let's talk about all the hoaxes you guys have promoted. Are any of you going to start to recant or, you know, repent for your reporting on the, the, the Covington hoax, the hoax, the Russia collusion hoax, the Josie Smollett hoax, the Hunter Biden laptop. And what I also liked is, you know, he was, he, I mean, and then some, you know, he starts calling out, it's kind of like the, the rest of these politicians, they're afraid to say the emperor has no clothes. They're still playing the game. You know, I have to talk like a politician and everything. And Vivek managed to talk like an everyman, like exactly like all the people I follow on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, how they're talking, talking, you know, or in my social media follows, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you know, but we're all in the know on BlackRock and the World Economic Forum. And we know that January 6th was set up, you know, or just again, it wasn't it wasn't how we were told, um, you know, that climate change is a scam, etc. And these are like third. It's like one of those things like we all know, but the politicians can't like admit it for some reason. And he was out there on like the debate stage with viewers of like millions, millions of viewers just out there, like throwing it out there like, nope, J6. January 6th was a setup. Here's, you know, we've got tape. Here's the tape, et cetera, et cetera. And laying out the evidence for it too. And again, that's something that you can criticize Ron DeSantis for. And I, and I think it is a valid criticism that he never came out strongly enough in front, in favor of the January 6th defendants. Um, you know, in his quest to distance himself from Trump, um, you know, he never fully embraced that, you know, he had to kind of keep any, any of the, um, election shenanigans of 2020 and what happened on January 6th, he had to kind of just keep that at arm's length, you know, he couldn't embrace it, but he also knew he couldn't speak against it because that would alienate a lot of people too, who, you know, there's like a, a weird intersection of people who like me, like I think the 2020 election was stolen. Absolutely. Um, I think J six was absolutely a setup, you know, the, or, or an inside job or whatever you want to call it. Um, that said, do I want to see Trump reelected again? Eh. Meh. I mean, not my first choice. Will I support him in the general election? Um, Probably, but that remains to be seen. And I mean, a lot can happen between now and then. So we're just going to have to see. But, um, you know, was he my first choice? No, no, absolutely not. But, you know, there's this weird intersection of people on Team Reality who can recognize these things, but who also aren't like all aboard the Trump train. Um, and I think, 
you know, Ron DeSantis knew that. Like, you know, I can't say this without alienating these people, but I can't say that. And that's kind of how he was with Ukraine too, with the with the war in Ukraine and and everything where he never fully came out and said, well, there's no, what's the point? Why are we in Ukraine, you know? Um, and this was one of my mm, hesitations about Ron from the get-go, well before he even ran for president, was I, I said, if he does, back when he was still not running or contemplating it, I said, if he does, my, my reservation about him is um, how is his foreign policy? Because I know how much he's sucked up to Israel here in the state of Florida. He's done a lot of suck. And, 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 you know, the Israel is another one of those third rails that as a politician, you can't touch. You have to, you know, go all in, rah, rah, Israel. And to the extent that in many cases, it seems like, you know, our politicians are Israel first and not America first because they're getting us embroiled in all these wars and interventions that seem to benefit Israel, but don't benefit us. You know, they're bankrupting us and killing people and getting people killed and and yada, yada, yada. So, you know, I've always been critical of that side of things. And so that was my reservation. And I think, again, that played, that turned out to be true where he, again, he was trying to straddle the middle. And the problem when you try to appeal to everyone is you end up appeal- appealing to no one. He tried to not, he tried too hard to not turn off his base. And I think what I said from the beginning, when, when it came out early on, actually, that Vivek was like, holy shit, he's like, he's the real deal. He's coming, he's coming out. I said, he's playing to win. That's how you have to play it. Vivek is out there. He's playing to win. And DeSantis played not to lose. And he ultimately lost anyway. Um, now, were the odds stacked against him anyway? Yes, 100%. Absolutely. I mean, it was a long shot to begin with. I, I think, I mean, I understand why he ran. Some people are like, oh, he's so disloyal. He should have waited his turn. Well, I mean, you know, Trump is weak. He's, he's who knows? I don't, I mean, this is going to be a wild year with all these you know, cases going on against them, which again are all bogus. I can admit that too. I can admit that I think all this prosecution is um, bogus. It's double standard. It's, you know, uh, procedural nonsense. It's all, you know, uh, targeting your political opponents, the things that he's, you know, of course, the projection of the Democrat Party, they're doing to us what uh, uh, they accuse us of doing to them. But so, yeah, same thing. I can absolutely admit that, you know, it's wrong. I don't like or agree with any of this political prosecution or persecution of of Trump. And again, still not, I'm still not convinced he's the best man for the job. Because why? Because he hasn't shown me that he's learned from many of his mistakes. And not only that, he hasn't admitted any of his mistakes, you know, like the rightly, you know, we're one area where Ron DeSantis was effective is yeah, he could hit Trump on the COVID stuff. Absolutely. Because that's where Trump bumbled the most was his COVID response and operation warp speed. And, um, you know, the talking about his big, beautiful vaccine that he still won't disavow. He still talk, you know, like brags about his vaccine and everything. And then you got all these people playing like, you you know, I hate all these like 40 chess, um, like excuses for Trump. Like, oh, well, you know, he had to roll out the vaccine because if not, they would have kept us locked down for years. And so blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know. That doesn't seem to have panned out just like none of the other QAnon style conspiracies about Trump have panned out. 
Um, you know, I mean, it's a nice thought. It's a nice theory, but I see zero evidence to back it up. Um, and especially in the way that Trump hasn't made any apologies or acknowledgments that he got it wrong or anything like that. Um, same thing with like his personnel choices. I mean, he picked all the absolute worst wrong people you could think of during his presidency. Like he couldn't have picked And it's like, it's one thing to get, you know, one or two of them wrong. Okay. That's understandable. Like that's to be expected almost, but like to a number, everybody he picked to surround himself with were the, the swampiest of the swamp creatures, including Nikki Haley. And so, you you know, it's like, he's got this habit of, Hey, I'm going to pick the worst people surround myself with the worst people, be really surprised when they suck at their job, fire them and then throw them into the bus and then try and gloat, you know, peacock around like you're the, you know, now that you're throwing them, you know, under the bus and, you know, smearing them on truth social, like, yeah, you know, screw you. And, and like you, like you're king shit or whatever for doing that. Well, no, how about you pick the right people to begin with? Instead of picking the wrong people, firing them, making a big show of firing them, dragging their name through the mud, and then beating your chest like you're some hero, and then still not fixing the problem, like to have that to do, to do that over and over and over again, like no. <laughs> so that that's another major issue of mine where you know I have to see. I'm gonna have to see. Um, you know, if I think he's fixed that problem and there's nothing that I've seen so far that leads me to believe he has fixed that. I still think he's going to pick the wrong people. Um, I don't think he's learned. I don't think his political, you know, um, instincts are good. Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. So, um, you know, back to Ron DeSantis, I think um, if what I liked about him is that he ran on his record. He actually kept his promises here in Florida. He was a great governor. He ran on his record of, hey, when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And he did. And so I wish we had like a combination of like Ron DeSantis, who had the political experience and the record of, you know, walking the walk, not just talking the talk with the pugnaciousness um, and fearlessness of Vivek. So I wish we could like combine those two. Um, and then that would have been like, and then you would have gotten Javier Malay, which would have been awesome. That's what we need, right? Because uh, Javier Malay is down there in Argentina, like absolutely kicking ass and taking names. And that's another person where, um, you know, people like people get so blackpilled, like, oh, no, like like they, they think they nothing, no, nothing and nobody is on our side. It's all a psyop. Anything that looks or has the appearance of being good for us. They all claim as a psyop. So Javier Malay got in. Oh, no, look at him. He's just a W. You know, he's associated with the WEF. And he said he's with Israel. And, you know, don't be fooled and everything. And he came in. And I mean, like, obviously, he's not been in there that long. But so far, he's he's carried out a lot of his um campaign promises, including like right away axing one of the ministries of like diversity, equity and inclusion, one of those woke ministries and amongst many others. I mean, he's he's already trying to like I saw something about um, getting rid of some some bureaucracy about rents and rent control. And basically, you know, now that landlords can, you know, 
get a fair price and, and, and housing has opened up for, you know, lower class people um, now that it wasn't under so tightly regulated, et cetera, et cetera. And then he just he just went into the heart of the belly of the beast itself, the World Economic Forum in Davos, and just dropped nuclear bomb after nuclear bomb. And, you know, I mean, like, I it was unbelievable. I mean, write them to the, to to their faces, telling them why they're wrong, why their plans aren't going to succeed, why they're agents of death, death and destruction, etc. Right there to their faces. I mean, come on, how can you not love that? So if he's a plant, if he's a psyop, he's got to be like one of the best ones I've ever seen. And and I don't know why it would benefit anybody on the opposing side, the globalist, the elitist side to get a guy like Javier Malay and spread the ideas of liberty in a um, bombastic way, the way that he is, um, and, and, and spread these ideas and educate and drop truth and knowledge bombs all over the place, only for him to turn out to be a psyop. Because like, wouldn't they just, I mean, they just, they don't want to get these ideas out there because, um, you know, what's that quote, you know, setting, um, you know, the brush fires of liberty, you know, like once you ignite that flame of liberty and truth inside somebody, you can't, you can't put it out. So that's what he's doing right now. I mean, you can't ignite, you know, the, the flame of liberty inside somebody's spirit and soul. And then, and then expect to be able to put it out. Like you're making your job harder if you wanted to rule the world. (laughs) Like that doesn't make any sense. And same, same thing with Vivek again, with the, um, accusations that he's a plant and a psyop and everything like i mean it says something about and maybe i I still maybe he is i don't know um you know i don't i'm i I don't love and it was always probably the way it was going to go because he was always kissing up to donald trump and he never actually directly attacked him during his campaign again strategic strategic very smart that's not you can't poke the bear you can't go directly at trump because you know what's coming at you so he went at the other ones and started picking off the other ones um and then ultimately dropped out and endorsed trump anyway which i mean okay i get it i get it it's politics um but the fact that he even thought that it was advantageous politically to say the things he was saying tells you a lot about our political landscape right now that, that he even thought that it would be, you know, like he didn't get instantly booed off the stage. And it was like the Ron Paul moments where, you know, Ron Paul just went out there and he didn't, he didn't give a shit. And he just started talking about, you know, he would say in the fed and no, not, you know, nine 11 wasn't because they hated us for our freedoms. It's because, um, you know, blowback and everything like the, these aren't the real out, you know? And so he didn't care. And kind of like Ron Paul's, um, uh, resignation speech or, or when he retired retirement speech, his last floor speech on, on the floor where basically kind of like what, what Javier Malay did, except, you know, a little bit let more tame, but, um, you know, was right there on the floor of Congress and he basically called him a bunch of warmongering psychopaths to their face, you know, which was really awesome. So, um, you know, so it's unfor- unfortunate that, that, uh, governor DeSantis, I guess I guess it's unfortunate they dropped out, but then again, I mean, hey, I, if he can come back to Florida and go back to doing what he was doing before, which is kicking ass and taking names and keeping Florida free and following through on his promises and um, everything here in Florida, keep 
uh, staying the 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 best governor or one of the best governors in the U.S., keeping Florida free, a beacon of liberty and hope um, across not just the nation but the world. I'm all for it. I still I still like and support Governor DeSantis. Um, and I think a lot of people, I think that's where they're at too. Like maybe they didn't want to see him. I don't know why for the MAGA cultists, but they didn't want to see him um, as president. But for the most part, except for the most extreme ones, um, you know, they respect him as governor. Um, yeah, you get your crazy lunatics like Laura Loomer who, who despise or not Trump, DeSantis, no matter what, uh, in any capacity, but that's neither here nor there. She's, she's a little cray cray. So, um, yeah, that's my analysis of that. Um, so I've only got one more announcement to make. Um, part of one of the, my many, many kind of things that I'm trying to do, you know, I love Liberty. I love freedom. I am a freedom fighter. As you know, um, I think, um, yeah, and I'm not going to back down. My my child is too important, this future. And it, even if I didn't have a child, I was fighting for liberty well before I had a daughter. Um, but um, I've teamed up. I'm working – one of my projects that I'm working on now is um, uh, a leadership institute type thing, not the not with the Leadership Institute, but um, another liberty lover. We're doing um, – going to be doing some sort of a leadership training Institute and about training leaders for how to start their own local liberty groups, kind of a la freedom cells. And so, in that vein, um, so I'm going to walk the walk. I'm starting up my own local liberty group here in um, my neck of the woods in Florida. So, um, it's going to launch in February in a few weeks, I think probably the week after the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, I will have more details, but if you are interested in hearing more about that, um, if you're local here in um, Sumter Lake or Marion County, Florida, and you want to hear more about that and you want to join me and get involved, um, send me an email, Haley at LibertyAllianceNetwork.com, and I will get you on my my list. Um, I think right now it's going to be called um, the Sumter County Rebels, Rebels standing for uh, Resisting Enslavement by Empowering Liberty. So... I like it. I like it. We are the rebels, um, you know, fighting back against uh, the uh, empire, I guess. I'm not sure what the proper, I'm thinking of Star Wars. I guess it's the empire, right? Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So expect to hear some more about that um, in the future, about what I'm doing with my local liberty groups. Hopefully, um, and of course, I will let you know, m- know more about what's going on with this project I've got with um, leadership training for people in the movement who do want to be leaders and who do want to, you know, lead the charge and the fight for freedom. Um, we need more people of action and not just people sitting on the sidelines and cheering you on from Facebook and social media and X and everything. We need people who are actually going to go out there and work and do it and, and get people together and agitate and, um, you know, rattle cages and write letters and have signs and protests and make phone calls and, you know, all the stuff get down in the nitty gritty, um, in the fight for Liberty because the stakes have never been higher. I know that's cliche, but, um, I think, I think we all believe it. And I think we all know that, um, 2024, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going to happen. I think it's going to be a wild ride. I mean, 
things are getting crazy. Um, some say biblical, and they I think they might have a case. But regardless, it's going to be crazy. And um, if it's not biblical, meaning this isn't the end of the world, then all the more reason why we need to fight back so that we can claw out some semblance of normalcy for ourselves and our children. We can't live in dystopia. We can't allow this global world so uh, communism to take root and branch where we're going to be slaves for the rest of our lives. Um, I don't want that for myself, and I certainly don't want that for my daughter. So um, if this isn't biblical, if we aren't, you know... <laughs> at that time, we need to fight like hell so that we have a chance of maintaining our freedom for the generations to come. So, all right, well, I'm going to wrap it up there. Um, let me know what you thought of this solo episode. And if you want to hear more, and if you have any, um, topics that you'd like me to address or talk about, um, let me know. So, uh, you can find me Haley at Liberty Alliance Network.com. Of course, um, check me out at libertyalliancenetwork.com. That's where you can find all my other episodes. And, um, you know, part of the reason I want to be a little bit more consistent, maybe down the line, I can monetize this podcast. But in the meantime, you know, I don't have a Patreon. I don't have anything else set up going for me. So the way I might just in a small way monetize some of this or some of the affiliate affiliate stuff that I do. So um, if you hear me promote something on the show, usually I'm an affiliate for it. I'm not I'm not <laughs> not raking it in, but it, it helps. Anything helps. So um, you can support me that way by, you know, um, checking out some of the things I promote. I don't promote things that I wouldn't use myself or I don't already use myself. I hope you know I'm a trusted voice. I'm not just out there shilling and grifting anything that comes my way. I like to try and maintain my integrity and um, put my, my name and my face on a product. That means it's a good product or a good whatever it is. So, um, I want to be a trustworthy source for that. Um, and so to that end, I do a lot of that on my email list. So sign up for my email list, head to libertyalliancenetwork.com. Um, and stay tuned because that's where you're going to hear more information about the things I've got going on with my local Liberty group. Um, and, um, other things that I just don't really mention on the podcast. If you want to keep up with me that way, please sign up. Um, maybe by the time you hear this, I'll have some sort of a freebie, you sign up, you get one of those freebies. Um, again, that's another thing I've got in the works. Um, otherwise, if you just like me, sign up anyway, even though you're not going to get a freebie. M me, I'm your freebie. Here I am. Hi. Okay. Just my voice and my face. That should be reward enough, right? Ha. Huh. Um, and if not, down the line, I'll have a freebie if you need a freebie. Um, but uh, yeah, go sign up, support me, libertyalliancenetwork.com. Give me some feedback. And I hope you enjoyed my first solo cast today. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.